Hello and welcome to the Mandalorian part. I'm your host, Carl Pierce, and with me today, as always, the other half of Team Godfather, the Phoenix Sand, to my Boba Fett, it's Scott McLeod, everybody. I wondered uh, what the comparison was going to be this time around. If I was, if it was me introducing it, I, I would probably have uh, said that I was the Boba to your Django, but uh, we don't <laughs> know why I figured you would do that. Maybe that's just... I own thought, but uh, yes, I'll, I'll take that because you know, Phoenix and Magna Wen are, are pretty sure she was uh, woman, our woman of the year, our most recent anniversary awards, or she's at least nominated. So you know, I will, I will not, t- I will take that with a lot of pride. She's she's more badass than all the rogue opinion men put together. Let's be honest. She's, she's more badass than fifty limbs. <laughs> Put badass at a million leaves. <laughs> uh, it's fine. He, I'm sure. He, I'm, I'm sure he doesn't listen to any parts he's not on, so he won't mind that. Yeah, yeah, he won't care. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a shorter episode than we're used to talking about, but I'm very much looking forward to delving into this one. Yeah, it definitely has a lot going on, and some, you know, it's very integral to moving the plot forward. It's chapter 14, The Tragedy. But before we get into that, uh, Scott has some exciting news on the book of Boba Fett. So, Scott, what can you tell us about this upcoming uh, Disney project? Yeah, shut up. Fucking Doug just to bark at this exact moment. <laughs> He's always been no. a Django Fett man. <laughs> <laughs> Never, never pod with women. Uh, women, never pod with children or animals. <laughs> you heard that? He, we've tried to get a woman on Rogue Pines for a long time, but that Carl, he's holding us back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So it's quite interesting that this particular episode of all episodes that we're here to talk about is where we finally get uh, news about the Book of Boba Fett. And but I've been, I'm a fan of a, a show called the Movie Trivia Showdown, and they have a, another channel, uh, Schmodown Entertainment, where they cover the latest Dustin news and pop culture. And uh, it was one of their... And I, since I watched the Schmodown Entertainment, I recommended one of their Schmodown Entertainment episodes came up, and it was about Boba Fett. And so I've been following along with that. And I found out that apparently uh, it has also has impacts for Obi-Wan and Mando, because the same soundstage that they filmed Mando on uh, was used for Book of Boba Fett, and they've only oh, just a couple of weeks ago, we uh, finished wrapping up filming for that. Uh, but we also found out that Mando Season 3 might not be filmed for quite a while, not be released for much longer, because uh, uh, that same soundstage, and what's just starting now on that same stage is uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, so that's filming now. Uh, so they won't be able to use that stage until sometime next year, but then Pedro Pascal is apparently filming uh, the app of The Last of Us. I think it's they're doing a TV show on HBO, I think so that. So he's filming that and that might take up his schedule to sometime in twenty twenty two. So we might not get Mando filmed until he's end of twenty twenty two, early twenty twenty three at some point. And so we may have to wait a couple of years for Mando season three to come out. So it's good that we've got uh, Boba Fett to kinda of keep us occupied because we've it's been described I believe seven episodes are planned. For uh, for Book of Boba Fett, it's all been filmed, and uh, so it looks like 
post-production wise it will reach its uh, December 2021 promise and it's said to be kind of like Mando season 2.5 uh, there will be some crossover characters we've already seen and Mando obviously Fennec and Boba were reintroduced to us through Mando and so there will be some crossover it's still on Tatooine and everything but we're also said to be to tie into the original trilogy as well uh, with some amazing flashback assuming uh, some flashbacks to how he survived to select about what he did afterwards also, there's maybe some uh, potential flashbacks to show what Boba was up to between episode 5 and 6 of the original trilogy because, you know, we see him in episode 5 take uh, Han uh, Frozen Carmine to Jabba the Hutt and then he's around about Jabba's palace before he dies, well, we thought he died, in Return of the Jedi, so we might see some of the stuff he did in between there. So uh, some flashbacks in there to tie us into previous stuff and uh, some crossover with Mandalorian to bite Titus over. Because it doesn't look like we're going to get Mando season three for a significant length of time. Yeah, so that sounds pretty interesting. I'm quite intrigued with the flashbacks and whatnot. I think comics or graphic novels have explained how he he got out of that um, near death experience. But uh, yeah, it'd be cool to see it in proper canon on on the TV show. And wondering about crossovers and that. I wonder if we might see Bo-Katan or uh, Cosca Reeves because Sasha Banks hasn't been on WWE television for quite a while, so it makes me wonder if she's away, been away filming stuff or perhaps she's just having a break. Who knows? I'm just theorising here. What do you yeah. reckon? Yeah, it could be possible. Uh, I think it's on Tatooine. Uh, off the top of my head, maybe Carl Vanth maybe popping up again. Mm. Uh, maybe nice. Uh, some of the other like some other bounty hunters might see. Maybe we'll get Grief Karga popping up there. That might be nice. I'm trying to think what thing characters. Could pop we know up. we know Cara June won't be in it. No, she will not. She will not. I do think it'll be like we'll see a lot more bounty hunters than we've seen previously in Mando uh, pop up in this show. You know, if we're getting flashbacks to what Boba Fett was doing before he originally fell into the Sarlacc, but. And I think it's very like cool that they've described it as this because that's basically what like uh, what Civil War was for Captain America. That was Avengers like two point five with all the characters and everything in it. And I think it'll be nice to uh, again tie this over because I remember saying before you know Pedro Pascal has been very busy a lot recently, and he's uh, that's like that one episode I talked about where it was his stunt double doing most of it. So and if that the last of his adaptation is going to get most of his time next year. I get to say 2022 if it was long ways away for again. No, no, 2021 is now. I still think it's 2020 somehow. And so I'm wondering if there's a way that they can do a, some of, start some of Mando with his stunt illness and then get him to re record and post. But I'm thinking, I think they realised time wise that they would have, to, if they wanted to really get it out for like soon after Obi Wan, that they'd have to do most of it without Pedro in the suit. And I don't think they want to do that. And I don't think he would really be comfortable doing that as well. I don't think he'd feel really much a part of it if he was just doing most of it in post. So yeah, it's a shame that we might have to wait for Mando, but I think we've got all this other content uh comes to also we know that December twenty twenty one is Boba Fett sometime maybe spring twenty twenty two, maybe sometime early summer is, is Obi Wan if it's uh, starting filming now. And I'm hoping maybe between now and then we can, between now and both, or now and Obi-Wan, we can get some updates on the Ahsoka series. So maybe some of these other shows will start properly getting into production to kind of buy this over 
and then we come back to Manduel later time. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it'll hurt it having a bit of a break. Sometimes some of these series do need a bit more of a, a break rather than cheering, you know, series after series, year after year. And they wrapped up the story, uh, as we'll get to in the last episode. So it, it's sort of primed to go in a different direction. So maybe... Um, a little gap, um, you know, a little break will do it good. And if Book of Earth, that's like, they're calling it Mando season 2.5, maybe we'll get some little teases in what direction uh, the third series of Mandalorian might go. You never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, weirdly, uh, compared to that, is like when Sherlock like did a, a cliffhanger to end its second season, but then Bendit Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman got caught up in doing the Hobbit trilogy, so they were like back and forth from New Zealand for like two and a bit years until they got another scene. And also, Bendit Cumberbatch was like became one of the big things at that time. You know, he was in Marvel, he was in all sorts, so he was doing less and less show. I think, you know, because we got 2019 is when we got the first season, and then the following year we get season two. So I think for some fans, it may be a long wait for the second season, but I think. But also, we'll make you all that the episodes now hit the mark again because going back after such a long period of time between seasons two and three, going back to weekly watching Mando again, not knowing what's going to happen like we do here when we're watching back seasons one and two, is going to be a, a real thing to readjust to. I had to wait two years for Game of Thrones season eight, and I'm wait, I've been waiting about 18 months for the second season of The Witcher, so I can do this. <laughs> ah, I totally I get you because <laughs> I remember like, what season was it? was it I think it was 5 or 6 of Game of Thrones I remember 4 episodes the first 4 episodes leaked somewhere and so me and my excitement you know, we're over a day and a bit we watched all 4 episodes kind of back to back to back and then not realising that that meant let, that then left us with like 3 weeks before we could watch another episode to see what happens <laughs> next <laughs> Yeah, it, it, when when you know it's coming, it can it can be a pain to wait, but sometimes it can be worth it, and other times, as in Game of Thrones season eight, it isn't worth it. But there you go. There you go. So yeah, that's really all the details we have for now. We know that's also rap production and some of the diesel storyline wise. Uh, seven episodes, I think, is a decent enough length. At time, I'm sure it'll, it'll be somewhere between half an hour. 45 minutes ferry and kind of like how Mando is uh, so you know if it, if it is going to come in December hopefully we don't have to wait till maybe a couple of months before we get some uh, some images or even a trailer for this show to help you know ramp up the excitement yeah 100% it's definitely something I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to all the all the stuff they've got planned to be honest Marvel and Star Wars because mm-hmm. I remember for a long time both it like I hadn't read all the comics or expanded stuff about both of it, but I'd heard like that that made him a more well-rounded character, or more, more of a fan favorite, and everyone was talking about who's one of the um, amongst the like the best characters in Star Wars. But like I'd only seen him in the movies where he didn't do much, and like when they start announced originally announced the concept of the anthology series, which led to Rogue One and Solo, people were, everybody was like Boba Fett, Boba Fett, give us a Boba Fett film, and then I would have rather a Boba Fett film than that piece of shit we got with Solo. Uh, but I think this episode. I think this episode here was the first proper time I really saw what I think everybody else sees with Boba Fett in terms of how badass of a character he is. 
And so that really does help my excitement for uh, Book of Boba Fett, which may help people like me who haven't checked out the expanded lore of them, who don't get what all the hype is about Boba Fett, uh, or didn't get what all the hype was about Boba Fett in my case, it'll help them see why Boba Fett's such a fan favourite amongst the hardcore Star Wars fans. Yeah, yeah, definitely, because I've always been in that bit of a crowd that it's always always a cool character but yeah I've always been a bit mystified on some of the obsession over him because as you say in the original trilogy he doesn't really do very much at all to be fair yeah I think I think across like two films that he's in he has about as many lines as like Darth Maul has in episode one (laughs) they only have a handful of lines in each one Uh, I, 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 I always think of like, can you count a scream? Because I think he only has three lines if you include the scream that he does when he goes flying in episode six. Because that's the only one I can Because I remember two key lines in Return of the Jedi. He says he's no good to me dead and put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. That's the, that's the range of dialogue you get from Boba Fett in that trilogy. Yeah, I'm not even sure if he says anything in the original cut. Because those lines, those lines I know were added by... Um, yeah, to replace Django Fett in the uh, Clone Wars, and also replace Boba Fett in this uh, upcoming series. So I can't remember if in the originals those lines were said, and he just dubbed them over, or the lines were completely new and added. I, I can't remember I, now. I think you. I think it was. I think it was originally said to him, but then they dubbed it over because that's one of a few changes. Like uh, I think there was a different actor playing the Emperor in Episode Five. And mm. like, you see his face, but then later editions they they changed it to uh, Ian McDermott's uh, version of the Emperor, and they've done it with a couple of like adding Hayden Christensen in as Anakin's Force Ghost at the end of Return of the Jedi is another one. Yeah, the adding of uh, Ian McDermott is one of the few what, that I do agree with, and it it does actually make sense and helps with the continuity of the uh, the films that the you know if he was available, you might as well redo that scene I think it makes that scene a lot better to be honest yeah one of the ones I actually agree with is uh, that scene there's a scene with Jabba in episode 4 that's added later on where Solo talks about oh I'll pay you back and everything I just need to do this job what he's been hired to do with uh, with uh, with Obi-Wan and Luke and I actually think that helps give you more background into who Han Solo is who this guy that Luke and Obi-Wan are doing business with because you had because that thing falls on perfectly from uh, Guido who was just sent by Jabba to get the money from him. And so Han kills him and then goes to Jabba and says, I'll pay you back, which then gives you more, like, which makes it more, like, makes you understand it more when uh, Jabba gets Han frozen carbonate in episode five and six and why Jabba, like, wanted Solo because also he owed him all this money. Yeah, and funny someone could just go into Clone Wars and cut out all the love scenes between, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or redo them. Yeah, with people who actually have chemistry, because actually, I think Joey and Friends talked about how uh, actors, male actors, or who appear as a couple on screen or on stage, who are actually a couple in real life have no chemistry on stage. And I'm pretty sure for a brief period, he and Christensen went out with Natalie Portman, and clearly they were doing it while filming episode two because there's no chemistry there. All the heat has disappeared. <laughs> Joey, yeah. Joey, Joey Tribbiani, he knew what he was talking about all along with acting. I mean, they're bringing back uh, Hayden Christian for um, uh, the, the, Obi-Wan. Uh, Obi-Wan. Yeah, 
programs. So perhaps they can film some new bits with him and splice them in or something. I'm sure they can make him not younger and everything. Yeah. But uh, I think, uh, Carl, you were going to give us, take us through the plot of the episode because I think some people are like, that's all very well and good, but what about the episode here that I want yeah, so I'm going to try and keep this as brief as possible today so we can get on with the talk of the episode. So um, pretty much the episode um, opens with uh, Mando heading towards the uh, the planet he's been sent to by Ahsoka. It might have a name. I thought I'd written that down, but I haven't. Have you got the planet's name? Uh, Tython. Typhon, thank you. At least someone's organised around here. <laughs> it clearly isn't me. And uh, yeah, they basically um, they can't land right uh, on top of the old um, sort of temple that that was left there. So they have to land and go the rest of the way by jetpack. Mendo sets Grogu on the on the stone. Um, and nothing happens at first, but just as he sees uh, another ship land and senses trouble, then yeah, then uh, Grogu starts to do some force stuff. Um, it's hard to explain what he's doing, really. It's like a, like a, he's reaching out with the force, I suppose, to try and uh, contact of a Jedi. And he's also surrounds himself with an impenetrable type force field, which leaves Mando unable to move him. So he has to leave him where he is, or he goes to investigate what this ship is. The, the ship ends up being um, Boba Fett, who uh, just wants his armor back that we know... Mando got in the first episode, so uh, he's after that. And he says, if you don't, I've got a sniper. And he goes, you're not going to be able to shoot through my Beskar armor. He goes, no, but she's trained on Grogu. I have a feeling that would have been pretty useless as well, actually, if <laughs> if because uh, that force field did seem pretty impenetrable. So um, she might not have been able to, to shoot him anyway, but I don't, I don't think they would. I don't think they would have done to be perfectly honest. But, uh, yeah, the, the threat gets them talking. And then they see other ships land, and, and they're stormtroopers. So they decide to work together to uh, eliminate the stormtroopers. I think somewhere in that, um, but I think the offer is we'll help, yeah, we'll help um, you and the... T- child leaves safely if you return my arm. It's something along those lines, isn't it? Yeah, like we promised safe passage for you in the child That's it. if you return the armor, because he like cause he tries to get in the background of Mantle, Mantle, of his father uh, being his armor, and now it's mine. But then like Mando's like again, he's raised a certain way, so he's asking, "Do you take? The, did you take the creed? Are you a Mandalorian?" And everything. Yeah. I was going to get more into that when we have a talk, but yeah. Um, so basically, it's just going to mess between everybody and the um, the, the stormtroopers uh, during the skirmish. Um, Mando tries to get Grogu again, but he gets knocked silly and unconscious by the um, by the force field thing that surrounded him. Um, so he's out of action for a little bit. Um, Boba Fett manages, sees the Razor Crest, sees that it's open, so he obviously goes in there and plunders his armour, 
so there's a few minutes where it's just uh, Fennec Shand and the Mando trying to fend off all the stormtroopers, but they're starting to get a bit overwhelmed. And um, Boba Fett comes with his armor and all his weaponry, and they fight them off pretty handily, to be fair. He really shows what he can do, doesn't he? In in that scene, he's got his pistol and and whatnot, and he's taking out stormtroopers left, right, and centre. Boba Fett is so he's still got it. <laughs> you still got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh. The stormtroopers um, they decide discretion is a better part of valor and retreat. Uh, Boba Fett uses his little missile on the back on his backpack thing to shoot shoot down the um, one of the one of the shuttles. He misses the one he's aiming for uh, and hits the wrong one, but it inadvertently works out better because it crashes into the other one on its descent down. So he, he inadvertently takes out both uh, shuttles. Mando telling him good shot, and he goes, "I was aiming for the other one." <laughs> But that's not the end of it, because Moff Gideon sends down the dark troopers, and we get our first proper look of what they are, and they're like badass robots, basically, by the looks of it. Four of them uh, come down, conveniently, just as Grogu uh, stops his... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, He's... His connection, kind of thing. Yeah, or, yeah, his connection is meditating. That's the word I was trying to I look for. So just as that ends, and yeah, his uh, force field drops, so they're able to grab him um, and ascend to the the main cruiser before uh, before the others can get to him. They're just a bit too late. So yeah, they they have him snatched. Um, and near the end, Boba Fett tells Mando, uh, we, we still got a bargain, um, part of the bargain to to fulfill. Uh, you, I've got my armour, but we've promised safe passage for you and the child. So that's not fulfilled until we've helped you retrieve the child. So uh, that's we're in for a fun final two episodes with Boba Fett and Fennec Chan helping Mando. Uh, get the child. I think we see at the end he goes to Cara Jean for help, doesn't he? Uh, who's now a marshal because he wants uh, a certain prisoner to uh, to help them get uh, to Muff Gideon. Mm-hmm. Um, that was uh, what's his name? Uh, Mayfield. Uh, Mayfield. That's character. it. Who we saw in season one. Mm-hmm. He's uh, like a shop. A sharpshooter, but not a stormtrooper, so he can <laughs> he can actually hit things. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's basically the the gist of the episode, and that's why it's called the tragedy because uh, poor little Grogu gets taken. Oh, we do see a scene at the end as well where he's using his force powers to throw about um, <laughs> some stormtroopers, but because he's so young and little, uh, it just takes everything out of him. He, he can, it seems like he can only use the force for a small amount of time before it saps his energy. Mm-hmm. And plus, like you saw him, kind of, he kind of collapses almost when he finishes meditation. So he's mm. going that, and then he's still trying to... Uh... He's still trying to like, use the force on the ship, so it's obviously taking a lot out of him. And Gideon always like taunts him with the the dark saber and says, "Like, you know, you're not ready to deal with such things." 
So yeah, this is a a fun episode, and it's great to see Boba Fett uh, in some proper action. Mm. And it's also cool to see Fennec Shan back as well, and her character a bit more fleshed out. Yeah, because they show one of the first things they show in the previously section at the start of the show uh, is the scene where you see the boots kind of going towards Fennec Shan. I'd almost forgotten about her uh, when we got to Mando uh, this episode in season two. So yeah, it was as much a surprise to me as it is for the as it is for Mando when he sees her, and you know, I uh, like the line from uh, both it. She was left for dead on the sands of Tatooine, much like I was, and so mostly they have that in common. Something that I think would be interesting for going forward uh, with Boba Fett, the, TV, uh, the Book of Boba Fett TV show, is uh, the director of this episode is uh, Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, he's, uh, I don't. I noticed that it's interesting. He's done a lot of um, cool films and stuff, so uh, he's sort of known for these actiony type films. Yeah, he's given us Spy Kids, uh, Sin City, I think, from from Dust Till Dawn. But he's also given us some shit like The Adventures of Sharp Boy and Lavago. Uh, and That's th- a great film! <laughs> All right, settle down, settle down. <laughs> Never seen I'm, it. I was going to say, how much did Robert Rodriguez slip you in your PayPal to get that? <laughs> and then I think he did, like, this, did his Netflix show called We Can Be Heroes, which is basically an adaptation of, like, Sharp Boy and Largo as adults with children and them and a bunch of other different superheroes in this world, which ironically I think Pedro Pascal is in. Uh, so there's a connection to uh, Mando. But what's interesting, I was on IMDb and I saw uh, I was going through Rodriguez's IMDb to mention stuff for this show and I saw he, alongside uh, Dave Filoni and John Favreau is credited as an executive producer for Book of Boba Fett. So I'm wondering if he's going to be like along with Favreau on that, because it's going to tie into Mandalorian, which is Favreau's like main thing. If Robert Rodriguez is going to be one of the main showrunners behind Bicabo of it, and so it makes sense why he's the one directing the Return of Boba Fett episode, much like how Dave Filoni directed the last episode, which was all about Ahsoka. Yeah, that that's the definite possibility. That's certainly very be very interesting if that's the case. He's gonna be uh yeah, maybe directing a few episodes of uh of that perhaps. Yeah. So that'd be interesting. Again the shows like the kind of names that like these shows are able to get, you know, behind them. They will get some big names to help come and direct these episodes. Uh so again like shows their love for, for Star Wars and everything. But it's also still written by John Favreau, still very much his thing. Uh, I was, I, I didn't know. Is there something else pointed out to me? But uh, when Boba Fett, his answer to the question, "Are you a Mandalorian?" says, "I'm a simple man trying to make my way through the galaxy." That's apparently a reference to Jango Fett saying a similar line to to Obi Wan in Attack of the Clones, where he says to Obi Wan, "I'm just a simple man trying to make my way through the universe." So. It was purposefully a, a wee connection between two because obviously, uh, and I'm going to put just Timmy Morrison, uh, obviously played Django in the original, like in the prequels, they played a couple of clones as well. And uh, also, it makes sense why he's playing an older Boba Fett because Boba was basically a clone, but his growth was kind of stunted, so Django could kind of keep him as a child, as his own kid. It was like a sort of payment, wasn't mm-hmm. it? The the only thing he really asked for is what the uh, 
The I forgot what the aliens are called now that made the. Uh, I'm a terrible fan. I can't remember. Bugger all, uh, can I? Uh, the Camino. The Caminos. That's uh, it. It's on Camino and Camat Camoan. <laughs> it, it's something <laughs> along those lines. Yeah. It's on Camino, but I don't know how to say the Camoans, Camoans, Camoans. Camino. It's like the bit in uh, in Hankerman. San San Diego Inns. San Diego Inns. People of San Diego. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the the people who made the clothes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um so it's cool they were able to bring back that to back to to play Boba Fett to to be fair. It's it, it's it's all worked out really well these um Star Wars series so far and just hope the the quality and great casting can continue throughout all the, the new series they do. But uh, yeah, what what did what did you make of seeing him back in his his suit again and kicking ass? I, I really enjoyed it, you know, because like he was pretty bad without the, the suit. Cause, like he said, to like learn to survive without it, and good that he's technically a clone. You know, that's similar to what the uh, I think that they're talking about a lot on on a the Bad Batch series that's currently going on about how you know they talk about the idea of going from clones to regular troopers and. They're saying that the, the clones are purposely bred and created for combat, and so are much better skilled like fighters. And given that Boba's a, a clone, it's, it makes sense why even without his armor, he's able to basically out outwit these uh, these clone troopers with this Kadef uh, Kadef deck. I think it's called. Yeah, I've got it in my notes here. Where like it's, it even cracks like the the stormtroopers' helmets at one point with it. He hits in the harder, he eases the point, and he stabs one of them right through his armor and everything. Which again, another reason why Stormtrooper's armor is pretty much pointless. Uh, so it's great to see that. And then when he comes in, when Fennec and Mando are pretty much, you know, outnumbered, you know, the Mando's fine because the, the shots are just ricocheting off his his Beskar, but he's still outgunned. And then he just comes in, just blows everybody away. And I did think that was pretty a badass line where like he you know, probably should. The the second one because it would easily fall into the other one, but we just goes yeah, I was aiming for the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, most people would have just agreed with him. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, but that all along, <laughs> yeah. And I think when he meets Boba, it was Boba who tells him he put down you know, like his jetpack and everything. If like Benic like takes the gun away from, uh, doesn't point the gun at Grogu, which means Mandel doesn't have his jetpack when Grogu's taken later on. Which means, and he can't like shoot up in his jetpack after the dark troopers. So you know that every, even the wee details like in the interactions really pay off later on. Because like it's around thirty or so minutes, it's basically an extended action scene this episode. But I think you still get some good pieces of dialogue uh, from Boba, especially. Yeah, definitely. Um, we also see that um, it sounds not as heartless as he's been made out to be in the. Uh, uh, First series appearance, she's you know she's willing to help uh, get Grogu back, and uh, she's you know not all bad. Yeah, because we're we're going to see some early things and uh, and bad batch right now, and then we're going to see more of her in Book of Boba Fett. So you know it'll be nice to see like how her character develops going into Book of Boba Fett as opposed to what it looks like. Like I said, first season Amanda, and then. You know the the bad bad, which is also years before then. Uh, I, I do like you know he's not technically a Mandalorian. He's he's still fixed by a code as well. 
or like saying that you'll like we didn't offer you safe passage or anything. Uh, he said, "Well, I want the armor back." He said, and they mentioned the bounties went up on uh, just went up on Grogu, and he went by like you could buy like ten sets of armor for that, and he just goes, "I think we're offering you a good deal under the circumstances." <laughs> yeah, he's in a he's in a bit of a tight spot, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's it. Feels like the the net is closing in, and it doesn't unbeknownst to him that that mechanic put a tracker in his uh, ship, so Moff Gideon knows exactly where he is. Yeah, and uh, I remember when I watched this episode originally, uh, I had to wait a day uh, till the day after it came out to watch it, which at the time for me was like. How God! How will I survive? Because I used to watch. I used to watching them day of, and you know, especially we get on social media. I was convinced, you know, I'm gonna get something spoiled from. I'm gonna get something spoiled, and then I found out the episode's called the tragedy, and I'm like, oh God, oh God, no, something's gonna happen. I know it, and so I was really worried when the dark troopers and that came for Grogu that something was gonna happen to him. So I think the real tragedy we get here is the official end of the Razor Crest. Yeah, it gets burnt to smithereens. I mean, all the money spent on getting it and time getting it rebuilt and restored, and yeah, it's finally blasted into oblivion. I mean, I, I was just disappointed the BGs weren't in it, to be honest, or Steps. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's quite sad afterwards because, like, the first start of the episode, you've got them on the ship, and uh, Mando's, like, got that wee silver ball, and Grogu's trying to get it back using the Force, so. And the only two thing, two of the only things that survive are the wee uh, that little ball and the Beskar staff that he got uh, from the magistrate on in the last episode. And you know, it was quite sad, you know, him watching that and then going through the the dirt and seeing that little ball and realizing, you know, the connection between him and further the connection between him and him and Grogu. Yeah, definitely. It's. Um... It's sort of no accident that um, they let that little piece of the ship survive, and yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's it's cool. It's fondness for Grogu's been growing and growing. And he almost doesn't want to. He knows um, finding another Jedi is what's best for him, but he almost doesn't want to give him up at the same time. And you can sort of get you sort of get it from his his voice, don't you? That he's he, this is yeah, it's hard for him now. The prospect of having to give Grogu up. Yeah, because I even said to Grogu, like, listen, Ellie, if someone comes for you, then you need to go with them. And like when he sees the appearance of uh, Boba Fett when he arrives in his ship, which I found out is called Slave One. And I remember I think there were rumors of him showing up in the show, but uh, I remember not until I see him in the first episode that I really believed he was going to be there because I don't think he was officially. Confirmed on like uh, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, uh, but then I remember kind of vaguely recognizing him, and I'm wondering, oh, is that Boba Fett finally? Because I wondered where he'd been since he popped up. I thought, is he not going to appear again to like even the next series? So then he shows up, but he's got the cloak and everything, so he does look very Jedi esque. So Mando does at first uh, mistake him for being a Jedi who's heard Grogu's kind of call. Yeah, I mean that was the same. I had a slight rumour that he was going to appear, but until we saw him, yeah, well, it wasn't really confirmed. They've done a good, pretty decent job of keeping things under wraps these days, considering everything. No matter how hard filmmakers and producers try, um, stuff always seems to be leaked somehow. Mm-hmm. 
I'm interested to see where he goes. I'm glad to see him back from. I'm glad to see him back in the Star Wars. Yeah, makes you know the the actor that is you know because like I think he's one of the better parts of Attack of the Clones as Jango Fett, and then he gets to go back and take on this role as well. Uh, I did hear I listened to a podcast, uh, so I don't think it's uh, confirmed. But I think they talked about the rumors of it or speculation of it. I don't think it's anything that may actually happen, but I think it'd be cool if it did. Or somebody suggested, uh, what if, like, because Ahsoka developed a relationship in the Clone Wars and Rebels with uh, Captain Rex, who is a clone, and somebody talked about what if, what if Tamiri Morrison showed up in Ahsoka as, like, an older version of Captain Rex, the former clone, because obviously he's made from the same stuff that makes the clones, then he could believe we'll be paid by the same actor. Yeah, that's a that's a possibility, isn't it? That'd be quite cool if they wanted to do something like that. I mean, they're getting the most out of uh, Fennec Shand across like three different shows, so may as well get your money's worth out of him as well. Hey, yeah, exactly. They're, uh, it's good. I've, I've sort of stopped watching the um, oh, what are they called? See, my memory's just gone. I can't remember anything. <laughs> the Bad Batch. I remembered. Um, uh, for now, I'm going to pick that up when we start doing uh, our pod for it. So yeah. I'm not too what? sure what's going on with that beyond the the pilot. Yeah, I've been watching uh, weekly, but I think I may have to uh, give myself a quick refresh when we talk about it. While those people are going to talk about the Bad Batch, of course, eventually. But uh, I think people could expect us to really talk about that at some point. We've referenced that enough. Uh, something I want to talk about with regards to the Dark Troopers. And I remember when I saw them, uh, weirdly, I had this thought in my head. Have you ever seen a movie called Sathura? Um, I might have a long time ago. Yeah, so my, full- my memory of it is quite vague. Uh, the full, I think the full title of it is Sathura, A Space Adventure, which is a film, mm. a 2005 film directed by John Favreau. Basically, the plot is it's it's Jumanji in space. That's basically the, the plot of the film. Uh, it didn't do terribly well. It was the last film that John Favreau actually did before he got Iron Man, which at the time caused many out there to wonder, like, you're giving this guy Iron Man, you want him to kick off your franchise? Do you not see the last film that this guy made? So not well, very just because some just because something doesn't perform very well at the box office doesn't always necessarily mean it's a bad film. Sometimes it's because it's not been promoted right, or it's just not something that piques people's interest. But a lot of people uh, have—it's got quite a cult following these days, should I say? Uh, that's Sephora. Yeah, I think. Uh, plus, like, I don't think John Favreau done a lot of big budget stuff before us because I think then before the third days, other film. Before that was Elf, so you know he wasn't. He's more a family films kind of director at that point. I think, uh, you know, it's got a weird mix of cast in that film. It's got Josh Hutcherson, a young version of him from uh, the Hunger Games, uh, Dax Shepard, Christian Stewart, and Tim Robbins, all in the same film. You never think they'd all be in a film together. But the point of the that I'm making here is that else it's set in space, and there's a scene where these, there's these robots, or there's one robot. That's trying to kill Josh Hutchinson's character. And just the aesthetic, oh, the look of the robot. I remember watching this film a few times on DVD as a kid. Uh, I got a look I got a look of that among, among the Dark Troopers. The Dark Troopers are like a more updated, better, better budget looking version of the robot from Sathura when I saw it. And oh, right. 
I just thought like similarities. I don't know if that's an intentional thing or it's just my way my brain works making the comparison between the robot and that film and uh, the ro- the dark troopers here mainly because John Favreau worked on both. And I'm only, I just I was double checking the IMDb of the third I've seen who was in it. And then again a connection to uh, a connection to Star Wars because Frank Oz, who famously played Yoda, voiced the robot in the third. Oh right. <laughs> And I'm I'm pretty sure uh, like that's a fair they call it Jumanji, uh, in space because I think they get it's based on a book by the same guy who wrote the book that Jumanji is based on, and I think it was was promoted at the time as from the world of Jumanji. All right, so that's pretty that's pretty cool. And nearly uh, a bit of Star Wars connection between the films. Well, they do look pretty badass those um, <laughs> Dark Troopers. I, I must admit. It's like he's he's been sort of leaving them as this sort of ace in the hole, hasn't he, uh, Moff Gideon? And uh, they perform their task dutifully. But uh, I sort of do. I sort of wondered why you you don't see them in any of the sort of sequels. But may, maybe that's explained in the, the season finale. Perhaps he only made a certain amount of them or something. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. Uh, I, I like looking at him as well. I was, again, kind of worried for Grogu when I first saw uh, this episode. But watching it about the second time, I'm wondering, why did you waste two loads of, of Stormtroopers? I know they're very expendable and off getting clearly doesn't have much regard for his underlings, but like, just send the Dark Troopers in in the first place, you would have snapped them right up. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I don't think the weapons that... Uh, Fennec and Boba and Mando were using a really going to cause that much damage to them either. And they might not even want to risk shooting them because you <laughs> you might hit you might certainly hit Grogu or put him in peril. So, but I think the Stormtroopers were perhaps more of a distraction than anything else. Mm-hmm. Possibly, possibly, because uh, I think they were just waiting for the ship to get in place so they could drop the Dark Troopers in. Mm. And they do have an opportunity to get Grogu back when when uh, Boba's chasing him in his ship and. Uh, his reaction to the ship is like they're back, you know, the Empire, and uh, but he doesn't want them to like engage because he doesn't want to hurt Grogu, so he just decides to follow them and see where they were going. Yeah, and uh, that's why he needs. I think we find out. Well, we find out in the second, uh, the next episode way they need Mayfield, and that, and that's another really good episode as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think Bill Burr really showcases Gene's abilities as an actor more so in this episode than he did in uh, the last one he was in. And, you know, he's another character, you know, given the world he kind of inhabits, you know, kind of the underground you know, criminal world that he's in. I, I wouldn't be against seeing him if he popped up as one of the characters from Mando that crosses over and a book of Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. But, uh... I do love that, like Moff Gideon again, like, showing his disregard for human life. He's uh, he's just watching Grogu just throw his troopers around, and he kind of mocks them for getting sleepy uh, when he tries to. Do it. And like his, he goes to try and use the force, but he knows he can't. He doesn't have the energy to do it, so he's not even worried about Grogu possibly using the force on him. And then he just has one of his troopers just like hit him with a stun gun. Yeah, Gideon doesn't give a shit. Cause, like one of the maybe like a sergeant or. A captain's trying to give his um, Gideon to to let him stop, and he's just like, no, no, just let him, let him, let him carry. I just want to see what he can do. Um, but they don't, they don't sort of want to 
kill Grogu by the looks. So they want to harness his blood or, or something. They keep talking about transfusions and stuff, don't they? And he tells them to, uh, cap, to call Captain Per, uh, not Captain Doctor Pershing, because we've got tell him we've got his donor. So I don't think yeah. really they care. I don't think really they care if he lives or dies, but they're not. They're not necessarily out to kill him. Yeah, because I think that's the same doctor we saw the the hologram from mm. that confirmed that Moff Gideon was still alive, and they thought about uh, we're not going to find anybody with a higher M count than our previous donor, which they're referring to Grogu, which is why they needed him. And we talked about the cloning and potential creating Snoke, and so else he's telling the kind of doctor like we've got the donor back, so they're hoping to get right back into whatever experiments they were doing on him. Is his M count how many packets of M and M's he's got on him? <laughs> uh, I highly doubt that. I highly oh, doubt. Oh, oh. Well, I've got off track. I've got off track there. Then haven't I? But Car- yeah, Carl's Car- clearly not had his dinner, ladies and gentlemen. That's what, this is how he gets distracted. <laughs> you can't let Carl do a podcast on low blood sugar. He gets. <laughs> 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 it's like it's, it's a podcast equivalent of I don't know, like dealing with a hungry child. That's <laughs> I was going to make one joke. I thought, like, is that appropriate, though? I was going to make a joke about diabetes, but my cousin's got diabetes, so I probably shouldn't joke about that. I'm the Jeremy Clarkson of Rogue Opinions. I'm going to go out and hit somebody now because I haven't had anything to eat. <laughs> uh, this is why I make sure that he and Liam are close together whenever he's doing a podcast. Not Even when Liam's not on it, just so they'll try and go to wherever Liam is. Despite lockdown restrictions and not coming anywhere near me. <laughs> Why would I want to go into Scotland anyway? How very dare you. In the words of Game Creeper Willie, you've just made an enemy for life. <laughs> but but away Aye. from your away from your prejudice, back to the episode. <laughs> You're the ones that want independence. I mean, I've got nothing against Scotland, really. Mm. No, I don't need to listen to you. I've already got Nathan. <laughs> I've already got Nathan giving debate topics like saying that Iron Brew is a shit Dr. Pepper. And Dr. <laughs> Pepper is one of the worst, energy, worst fizzy drinks out there. Actually, I love Dr. Pepper, but I love, Dr. I love Iron Brew as well, so I'm, I'm not I'll, having I'll that one either. I was going to say, like, before you said Yelly Dime, I'm like, is there no end to your <laughs> Clearly not. Ladies and gentlemen, me and I even make it to like, in the finale of, of Mandalorian Season 2. Fucking tracks are forming here in Team God. <laughs> I wonder why I could never get any Dr. Dr. Pepper when our, uh, our ho trains, but there you go. <laughs> You're liable to be thrown off the whole train if you even think ask for a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I'll stick to the Iron Breeze then, that's no problem. <laughs> so I think we called, I think we summed up that episode pretty well. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, a really fun episode then yeah, with, uh, with a lot happening. Uh, what, what would you what would you rate it, Scott? I'm gonna probably give this an eight out of ten. I definitely say, like, because, like, they cut out any, like, an episode that would be longer than this, there'd probably be some, like, preamble in the middle that still would have been good dialogue-wise, but they kind of cut around all that, and they're really getting the main story beats around it. But uh, I, I, I was still kind of sad that it wasn't much longer, because, like, given that this is somehow shorter than that fucking Passenger episode, but it's way better than it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it still hurts, and 
No, both I think is the star of the episode above all else. Yeah, hundred percent. I'd give it an eight as well. Actually, it's a it's a very solid episode, but not quite as good as some of the really standout episodes. And uh, yeah, and I think it's as long as it needs to be. I, I quite like it that they uh, sort of cut out any flab and stuff. To be to be fair, some episodes, as you say, when they're on TV, they have to be a certain length, normally around the 42-minute mark, especially in America, to accommodate adverts. Mm-hmm. And you talk about, if you listen, listen to some of the commentary sometimes, you go, oh, this episode came short, so we've had to put this had to put this in, or it was a bit long, so we had to cut something mm-hmm. out that we didn't really want to. So at least on this stream, it's on their very own streaming platform. So, um, you know, the episodes can be as long as they... Any length they want them to be, really. Yeah, because like I think part of it was at the time I was watching it weekly, so I wanted as much as I could get. You know, from when I was only getting a weekly dose every so often. Kind of like the last few episodes of One Division before the finale of that uh, show. You know, there I, I felt like the episodes were a bit sh- were getting a bit shorter because, like, especially like I don't like it when these streaming like episodes like, like said, they're longer they need to be, but if I'm only getting a weekly. And they're getting shorter right up to the finale when the real main story is getting all coming together. That's when it becomes frustrating when it ends. Because, like, no, it was all starting to come together. I want to know more. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And they sort of tease us a little bit as well, didn't they, by making us watch it weekly rather like the Netflix way of dumping them all in one go. But I suppose at least you don't sit there till midnight because you can't. <laughs> yeah, you haven't got the willpower to turn it off and the next episode automatically starts. I mean, you can technically do that now now that both seasons are about the same. Yeah, you can do that. I mean, I've, I still haven't watched the last 10 minutes of the first episode of Loki. I think I've waited that long that I'm thinking I might just watch the first episode again and then watch the second episode right after that. Plus, <laughs> uh, I'll get to binging one of these weekly shows. But there we go, yeah, a solid 8 out of 10. So, Scott, are you ready to give us your plugs? I am very much ready. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ScottMcLeod1986. Uh, follow the Rogue Pines at Rogue underscore Pines. Find my other podcast, Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast at SP Rambling on Twitter. It's on all the same Android podcasts that you can find uh, Rogue Pines at. That'd be Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify. I said Spotify twice. Double-A check Spotify, because it's definitely going to be there. <laughs> uh, we got Hopefully we'll have recorded an episode soon about uh, Impact Wrestling. A lot of good stuff going up there. We're on the lead to Slammiversary. Uh, on their archives, you can find a real quick Smackdown review. An episode coming out this weekend on the Hot on the Road to, to Backlash. Uh, check out the Rogue Opinions uh, WordPress. A lot of good articles there. I'm hoping they finally start contributing after a, a, quite a while. Uh and particularly one article I'm going to talk about uh, under duress with uh, me having to give five reasons why Steve Blackman is apparently more entertaining than Kane because I lost the debate to <laughs> this. Um, to be fair though, if he, he'd lost, he'd have to publish an article on the WordPress giving us uh, five reasons five reasons why Steve Blackman is shite. So, you know, it was a it was a very good Steve Blackman-esque article on the website one way or the other. <laughs> I think you said somewhere between 1,200 and 1,500 words. I'm going to try and get 1,200 bang on so I don't have to write anymore. But then he's saying, oh, it should be 10%. Much like college, it should be 10% off the, off, off, off of 1,500. That's the, 
the maximum, so that means I'd have to write 1,350-odd words or something like that. Uh, something like that. I, f- I think you've got the harder punishment there to find five reasons why he's better than Kane. I mean, to find five reasons why he's shy would be pretty uh, pretty easy in my book. Not, not, not better. More entertaining. That is the subject ah. here. Well, I will not. Well. I will not be adding on to the fuel to this particular <laughs> fire. <laughs> but I do promise after I both uh, I do that article whenever I get a chance to do it because I wasn't really set daily on when to complete it. I will be hoping to post some better articles after that. All well, sounds very interesting. Anything else? Yeah, you need to plug. Uh, not that I can think of really because. The stuff I'm involved in, but like stuff we ESR, but we've been pre-recording some of the feature-related content there, so I don't know when some stuff is coming out because like, I've got a kind of the ring show I'm on, like kind of the ring it's like looking back 25 years later at that show because of Austin 316, but I'm not sure when that's coming out. I do a New Japan show there, but I don't know when we're going to record the next episode of it, so I don't, I don't want to like talk too much about stuff that I don't have a confirmed date of release for yet, but I know that. We're going to try and get spat down out by this Sunday and other stuff. Well, keep looking, um, keep up to it on Twitter and everything. And make sure you don't miss any of those exciting pods that Scott's got in store for you. And you can find me at Carlos underscore fire 80 on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find us at rogue underscore opinions on Twitter and Instagram. And you can check out all the pods I do uh, with Liam, uh, the Rogue Chronicles. Also, we've got one with Nathan Guestin. Uh, coming out soon on Hannibal Lecter and even Scott himself has recently recorded one uh, with us which won't be out for a a bit of time yet but keep your eyes and ears peeled for that one and also there's uh, Raccoons on tour which uh, I might pop in and do a bit on now and again as well which Reese and uh, Liam are doing Uh, covering a bit more near football why have they called it Raccoons on tour, I do not know, but yeah, that, that, that's uh, yeah, the people I have to deal with, unfortunately. Uh, talking of stuff that we don't have, like, can't say when it's coming out, but I think even add on to the content that we're all providing you, all the great content that is, uh, I have actually uh, been talking with Nathan for a while since the anniversary about a concept for uh, a new show for, uh, for Rogue Fiends. Not, not a brand new, like, groundbreaking concept for a show. But uh, it's a new for us, and I'm quite interested in doing it. I'm going to. Re- Nathan is off kind of, for a while this week. Uh, he's and so when he gets back, sometime next week, I mean, having to record an episode of this show, and then I'm hoping to record with Carl afterwards. But it's going to involve me and the other members of Rogue Opinions. So uh, stay tuned for further details on that. Ah yes, I remember Scott was getting a little bit miffed that we'd already taken Rogue Chronicles because he thought that'd be a good name for his new pod but you know mm-hmm. shit trying- happens, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, you know I wonder what else would Rogue Chronicles be used for? There you go, there's your little tease try and, try and solve that little mystery before the first episode actually comes out 100%, 100% so this pod, you know, I've got a wee little bit of a story because this isn't our first pod we've actually recorded another pod so we've been podding for almost two hours now and I've had to host both of them so you know what 
this is just proof, folks, that podding ain't easy. We're just simple men trying to make our way through the universe. <laughs> Bye. Hello. Some content Daddy made you your favorite